Hey guys, welcome to this episode of The Talk. And today I have a special guest from Raleigh, North Carolina, and his name is Akira. Akira, how are you doing today? Doing marvelous. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for saying yes. Like, um, we met, I want to say three or four years ago. Has it yeah, been just that about? Long? Yeah, yeah we were, 2017. Yeah. We were working at the same restaurant. I was a hostess and you were a server. And you have like this personality about you that's very cheerful. You're like super cool. I like to call you like that alt black kid, you know, like alternative <laughs> black kid. You definitely stare away from the, you know, the, the stereotypical um, ma black male that we usually get from media. So I appreciate you for being you. Thank you, thank you. It's so, been a work in progress. <laughs> right, it, it's, I feel like that's, it's like that for everybody. We still trying to, we're wandering around trying to figure out who the fuck we are without societal's like pressure. Right, you know? trying to put you in a certain box. Exactly, so how did you get into art? Because you are a painter and I like to describe your painter as like grunge. Okay, kind of grunge. Interesting. Yeah, I've heard that it's uh, been called um, it's been called a uh, psychedelic immersive experience. You know, Ooh. so um, it's it's definitely psychedelically influenced from like all the abstract colors, uh, the vibrantness. Um, but I also like to make it, you know, put some perspective to it, so you can put yourself in the position of anyone that I uh, kind of paint about. If there is usually a target at all, um, sometimes I just paint colors and no real uh, person or a landscape or anything like that. So how did you get into art? Like how long have you been doing, um, how long have you been painting? I've probably been painting for only uh, about five years. I was oh, doing wow. more like pencil work and drawings and stuff like that before marker work. Uh, and then I really got into painting when I was working at Parkside. I decided to go out to the fairgrounds and um, sell a bunch of these paintings that I had done. And then two that I had done exclusively for Parkside to help generate some money for kids' uh, donations, basically, or getting some money for kids' toys. You know how they do that drive every year. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So I was getting some money for that. And um, yeah, it turned out really well. And then I just kind of gravitated more towards it. It became more of a thing that I focused on. Yeah. So I, I did notice that you do a lot of, I guess, community excuse me, community work. Um, I noticed in your um, in your link tree, like you have so many links that connect you to um, Raleigh, North Carolina's community. How did that start off for you? So um, initially selling art at the fairgrounds, I ended up getting in touch with an individual that was um, part of the NC House of Representatives named Chris Malone. So he ran my first uh, my first show and it was in Wake Forest during White Street. Um, I kind of got more connected with the political scene. And uh, but I also last year during the, um, the the marches and all the stuff that was going on, I wasn't in town at the time, but they called on me to kind of make art to represent uh, the state of things and kind of represent the people and the emotions from the time period. So I really took my took my uh, I took that and ran with it. And uh then this year I was contacted to kind of make a book compiling all of those murals. And uh, it was my idea to give the generated funds to charity, um, but charities that benefit North Carolina as well. So uh, one is Emancipate NC, which focuses on um, 
getting bail bonds for people that were arrested for protesting or arrested for racial discrimination or um, gender, anything, inequality in general. And the other is the African-American Atelier, which is a organization in Greensboro that helps get art into the communities out there. And I started my own nonprofit, which is called Danger Club, and we do the same thing um, with more of a focus on getting art into lower economic communities that are across Raleigh and the Triangle, honestly. And you said, what's the name of it? Your um, nonprofit? It's called Danger Club. Danger Club. Danger Club? Yeah. Like danger, danger. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So like, how did you, where did that name come from? It's from a comic book. It's a little, it's like a Teen Titans, but they're like, all the Justice League, I guess, leaves. And so it's only like these kids that have to take over and like run the show and they, they do their best, you know, it's wild though. But yeah, that's where the name came from. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Wait a minute. So how old are you? 24. Okay. So that makes perfect sense. Because like I'm like in my head, I'm thinking like you're young as hell. And I remember when I first met you and you're like in my head, I'm like, oh, he's a teeny bopper. Like you you young. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Barely. You see you see this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. But you know what I mean? And the fact that you named your nonprofit Danger Club, it makes so much sense because that's exactly what you're doing in the community right now. Because sometimes mm -hmm. adults are too far up. Sometimes the adults have too many people in their pockets to really yeah. right to really give too many cares about what's going on in those urban communities or those um impoverished communities so the young people have to stand up and rise and and do what they need to do to uplift their community and that's exactly what you're doing right now exactly and so another part of the me creating the nonprofit was so that i could help people that need to do community service like if they, you know, got in trouble for something, because I had been in trouble when I was younger and I always hated I going to the it. thrift store to have to do, <laughs> I always hated going to the thrift store to do community service or like having like go uh, pick up like trash on the side of the road. That's not really, it is benefiting the community, obviously, but it's not really necessarily anything that's going to benefit me in the long run. Like I wasn't really learning too much from it. I was just like kind of forced to do something. Um, I feel like with the nonprofit I have, I can help people find interest that they have and really excel and grow. Yeah. Exactly. I think, um, especially with community service, I know that community service is supposed to be something that you do so you won't get in trouble again, but you can at least try to rehabilitate those people that got in trouble and give them exactly. something that's going to inspire them to move past what they're going through. So that's like you, bruh, at 24, what was I doing? <laughs> it's not what, you, what you're doing right now. I feel like I just, I'm 31, and I'm just now getting the grasp of what is life. Mm. So that's very inspiring. I definitely applaud you and what you're doing for your community. Thank so, you, thank you. You're very welcome. What does art mean to you? Hmm. So I don't really see art as like, you know, just drawing or painting. I see it as kind of like music, kind of, it spans multiple fields. Um, art imitates life, life imitates art kind of thing, that kind of vibe. I feel like that's literally true. I see so many times um, where there are references from history incorporated in art. And so, I mean, like at that point, it's all just one big circle. It's like an Ouroboros, it just tail eating itself.
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's very true. We're all connected. And I think we we miss that point as we're kind of going through the machine of life or we're kind of being domesticated. Um, we miss that we're all creators and we miss that we're all artists at the end of the day. Um, I had a conversation with somebody and she was like, I'm not very creative. And it's not that I don't think people aren't creative. It's just that they don't take the time to figure out what brings them joy. And whatever brings you joy, that's your art. You do that. Like me right now, I like to talk. <laughs> I like to connect people. I like to inspire people. So that's my art. I like poetry. That's my art. You do you. And whatever that is, that is art. So I completely get what, what you're saying about that. So when you were younger, like, did your parents push you towards art? Or was it kind of just, I kind of stumbled? Uh, they, definitely, they definitely cultivated an environment that, um, you know, inspired me and kept me kept me wanting to be creative and kept me engaged with my creativity um but that wasn't necessarily always my focus you know like mm-hmm. obviously hormonal teenager wanting to go be a rebel still so I really kind of came to myself and came to peace when I took a summer away in Fayetteville and stayed with my grandma and my aunt and my little cousin um like I got away from everyone didn't have any social media just like just went to the library read books and uh, drew pictures did cross country like I was still running at the time um but yeah like I, I did so much work that summer and then I came back to school and kind of kept pushing it like I would just do commission work for free just to get people like get some ideas from people and try to put them all together in an interesting way um but yeah that's that's kind of, my parents definitely kept you know pushing me toward doing anything creative it's crazy that you say that you left your hometown and it took you moving into a new environment to really cultivate who you are as a person to really yeah but I, the- I at the time i didn't really appreciate it i yeah. was not having it i, of course I was pretty not. mad <laughs> of course not but everything happens for a reason i'm such a believer in that and i have this thing when i'm talking to my friends i feel like i've said it in a previous episode not all flowers or plants can grow in the same environment mm. like some plants are going to you know, grow really well near near your window and some want to be in the dark. So you got to figure out what's the environment for you so you can so you can grow, so you can do your thing. Like it's not one size fit all when it comes to your growth and finding out who you are. Yeah, that's very true. All right. So I'm really big into health, mental health, physical health, spiritual health. So how are you taking care of your mental health? Mm, um can't say I'm a meditator, but uh, listening to music, it's meditative in, in nature. Like, uh, I find myself calmed down. Like, I, I have a huge record collection. I just That's do so that. Um, making music, I make some beats in my free time. So that kind of keeps my mental health in check. Obviously, art. But, yeah, I have, I have a pretty large play. Like, I'm, I still am in work at Vidria, which is a restaurant downtown Raleigh. I'm still in school for cybersecurity. So that takes up a lot of time. Um, and then I'm, you know, working with the community and trying to still be involved with that kind of stuff. So, yeah, to find my mental peace and to get a little zen, just hop on the computer, listen to some music, play some music. I'm still baffled at it. You're 24. You're 24. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm so proud of you right now. All right, your Thank physical you. health. Thank you. You're welcome. How do you take care of your physical um, health? I bike to work. It's two and a half miles and I bike home. That's nice. I don't know how yeah. to bike. I want to talk. Oh, you don't even know how to ride a bike? No, I do. Um, 
<laughs> it's not well. It's not a good ride of the bike. Okay. <laughs> I went to Thailand and I stayed on a farm for a night. And the lady that owns the farm, she had me cycling around the countryside. And I was, it was a struggle. It was a definite struggle, a struggle at my grown age. And I need to get it together. <laughs> well, that's because it's if, like if you just hop on the bike after not doing it for a long time, it's super hard. Like oh, initially, no, I, I was bad. Me and the bike have oh. never been a thing. <laughs> and we used to do it when I was a kid. We used to go through the neighborhood riding the bike, and I was always the last person yelling at my friends. Oh, man. Yeah. Maybe I should take like a biking class. Is that a thing? Yeah. I don't think it is. Uh, no, Peloton. Yelling at Peloton. All right, that's on the that's stationary. Yeah. I need like, a trainer. Yeah, I, do. I need a bicycle trainer. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's a thing, honestly. I think so. Ooh, that's sad. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right, so how are you taking care of your spiritual health? I know you said for your mental, your music, nature helps you. So would you say that's the same thing for your spiritual health? No. Um, I pray, you know, uh, I pray before every meal. And I need to read the Bible more. My dad sends me uh, Bible quotes every morning, though. So I read those and try to, you know, perceive in my own way. Sometimes I'll engage with it. But other than that, um, yeah, I don't think that the they could be for some people, you know, music and your spiritual health are the same. But for me, or like your mental health and spiritual health could be um, aligned with the same thing. But for me, that's not really. They're two different things. They've gone yeah. in the same area, but. Two different things. I feel like your spiritual is not just your mind, though. It's like your whole being. It's your mm -hmm. whole. Like sometimes like when I am scared or when I feel overwhelmed, you can feel that in your body. Right. Um, right. So I kind of I imagine myself in a white light. I tell myself I'm protected. You know, I call on my ancestors. I pray to God. That's a. I feel like that's a whole body thing. Whereas your mm -hmm. mental health is just at the top. Right. Right. I guess. But your mental health could deteriorate your your other health. You know, if you like, it could. It could. You know, like hypochondriacs and stuff. It all goes together. And I have a hypochondriac in my classroom. That's a whole different story. But. Uh -oh. Like she stresses herself out to the point, <gasps> and it's like, girl, hyperventilating, right? Like, girl, you you lost your crown. Be fine. <laughs> <laughs> you will be fine. All right, let's do some. Well, first of all, what's next for you? What do you have? Anything coming up? Anything new? Um, so let's see. I I'm, I got hired to paint the interior of this uh, building at NC State. So nice. I'll be doing like some spray paint design. All like, yeah, that's my first time taking over the inside of a building, which would be kind of cool. Um, I got another book coming out next year. Yeah. That one, but I can't really talk too much about that. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's okay. <laughs> it's in the works. Just know, this Black Man 2022. Just take yes. note of that. This is so dope. Like, yeah. I, like I said, I remember when I first met you, and you had a painting in Parkside. And I think that's, I did, yeah. that's how far that it, it was at that point. And your consistency mm -hmm. and your determination and your belief in yourself has gotten you this far. Oh, yeah. Like, don't stop. Keep going. Get it, get it. Like, Thank you. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. All right. So um, we're going to do some rapid fire questions to end today's interview. You ready? Okay. So off the top of your head, what's your favorite record? Um, probably the Shaladas, 
uh, Summer Breeze album, something like that. It's it's uh, Shala Dodge is the name of the band. It's the only album they have out. Came out in 2019 and definitely could play it any day of the week and I'd feel great. Okay, so I'm gonna have to play this back so I can catch that name again so I can listen to yeah, it. Yeah, Shala Dodge. Oh yeah. Shala Dodge. I have another artist. Yeah, S H A L A D A S. L A D A. All right. Um, favorite meal to make? Do you cook? Can you cook? Tacos, easiest thing to make. <laughs> Anything like a lot of. Go what's ahead. my go-to? No, no, no. You said tacos. Yeah. Okay. What's your go-to outfit? Go-to outfit: uh, shorts, uh, white tee, and sneakers. When you are in a mood, what do you usually draw? I usually just draw the most random stuff. I, I go into it with a completely empty mind. If I'm in a bad mood, I'll just, just go for it. Sometimes if I'm in a bad mood and I'm painting, I'll just do something like some darker tones, usually. Yeah. yeah. What's your favorite place to travel? New York. I've been there probably. Uh, or Los Angeles. I like those places a lot. Okay. Um, quote that you live by. Um, I sat at the feet of the great masters. Oh, until it's like, it's like a quote by Walt Whitman, but basically it's about sitting at the feet of the great masters until you can become one of them and you're al aligned with them and like doing the same thing they're doing. And you guys are engaging with each other as counsel, as mm. opposed to you being the pupil. Mm. I like that. I like that a lot. Thank you. I just want something from you. I appreciate you spending some time with me. Um, go ahead. Anytime. And Thank you. You're more than welcome. Go ahead and give the audience your Instagram and your website or whatever else you have so they can find you. You got it. So my Instagram is king underscore Akira and my uh, profile you can find me at like a, a good website is Linktree and that's going to be Linktree. But before you do the double E's, you put a dot there and then it's slash king Akira. So it's linktr.ee -E slash king Akira. Okay. Thank you so much. I hope you have a great day. Yes, you as well. Thanks for having me. And I can't wait to talk to you soon.